Good morning, City Light. Hope you guys are doing well this morning. I want you to go ahead and open your Bible to 2 Timothy 2. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, 2 Timothy 4. We're going to be in chapter 4 today. I'm actually standing outside of our church this morning, uh, and I want to share with you a few things about what's going on with us and how we can plan to share the gospel and make the most of our time now. You know, in light of some of the restrictions that are being released and kind of loosened up and phase one possibly going into effect in a few weeks in Northern Virginia, uh, it looks like there might be some potential to begin to gather at different levels uh, in the near future. So I just want to keep you updated on that. For now, we're definitely meeting as, uh, as is through May, no doubt about it. And then as we learn new things and have new plans, we'll make sure to communicate with that, that with you in the near future. But really, honestly, I'm less concerned about that. And I want all of us to be less concerned about that. What I really am most concerned about which is the greatest question for us, is not when will we get back in here, but how many people can we reach out there? I don't want us to be so focused on when we can get back in here. Because listen, that's going to be fantastic. That's going to be great. When the Lord allows, it'll be a party, okay? It's going to be amazing. We're going to really enjoy that together. But what we need to be thinking about and focused on is not, hey, when can I get back in there, here? But what, how many people can we reach out there? And I want all of us to be thinking that way during this season. We really got to seize the moment. Because you know what? Maybe we do things differently in two months. I don't know, three months. Maybe the way we reach the, the city around here might be different by then. But right now is unique. Right now is a unique time in history. There's really hardly any chances that you're going to go through a pandemic again. I mean, who knows? But really, the chances are slim. This is a unique time in history. This is a unique time in your life. And people around you are unusually sensitive and ready to hear the good news of the gospel, more so than normal. So I think we gotta think about what does it mean to be stewards of the gospel in this moment, not just doing ministry as normal. And what I want us to think about in the next few weeks is the importance of us having an evangelistic spirit, which should be true all the time, but I think especially now more than ever. So really, lately, and as uh, in the near future, it's the easiest ever to invite someone to church, the easiest ever. It's such a low bar, right? Instead of them having to get in the car and get up and get ready and come into a building and worry about all the people they'll meet or the things they don't understand, when you invite someone to church, because everyone's online, they simply just got to hit a button in the comfort of their own home. And I think this is a season for us to make sure we're making the most of that opportunity as people are ready and willing to listen to someone share good news with them. And as the bar is so low for them to be invited into a church space, I think all of us should be saying, man, I should take this time to invite more people to church than I ever have before. And so I want to encourage you over the next few weeks to share this link. Share this link. I'll be preaching a message for the next two weeks after this called Take Off Your Mask. It will be a primarily evangelistic message for your friends and family who do not know Jesus. This is going to be so important for you and for me to make sure we're making the most of this season, of this time right now. So I'm going to be preaching about taking off your mask. And I want to invite you to think of at least five to ten people in your life now or in your life before that don't know the Lord, whoever it might be. And I want you to share this link and invite them to church. Hey, and even if you're willing, throw a Zoom party and have them watch it with you. Now, obviously, I really want all of us to share the gospel with our own lips, to do that with your friends, with your family, over the phone, through text, in person, whatever that might look like. But at the very least, I'm asking hundreds of us to share the link. Share the link, invite people to church, make the most of this opportunity now. In light of the coming changes, 
people are gonna begin to go back to normal life at some level. Obviously, things are still pretty crazy, but little by little, phase by phase, people will start being less afraid, start going back into their normal routine, start feeling less of a need to go to church or learn about spiritual things. And I think it's so important, obviously, for us to stay faithful, to keep sharing the gospel strong then. But right now, when the harvest is ready, let's make the most of this opportunity. So share the link over these next two weeks. I'm gonna do my best to share a very simple, clear gospel message for them. Take time over these next few weeks to pray, to think about everything that God might have for your friends and your family members. Share the link and invite them to church and share the gospel with them yourself. So I wanna encourage your evangelistic spirit today by preaching a message, a short message called Do the Work. So go ahead and open your Bible, 2 Timothy 4, and we'll read the scripture together. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into it. As for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Uh, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. 2 Timothy 4, 1-3. So this phrase from 2 Timothy 4 has really stood out to me all week. Do the work. When Paul is encouraging Timothy to be evangelistic, he does it by using the words, do the work. Now, right now, I'm standing in front of Mark's Pub and the surrounding shopping centers where we have been serving every Wednesday for the last eight weeks. I'm standing right in front of a place where a lot of work has already been done. And I'm standing here to encourage you that in the midst of this challenge and exhortation that we need to do the work of evangelism, we already are in many ways doing the work. We are serving hundreds of families and tons of food every week. You guys are showing up. We're delivering it directly to people's houses. There's a lot of amazing work going on. People are hearing the gospel. They're coming up to the booth and asking questions. So many new relationships are being formed. Our list of families to serve grows every week. Every time we do something like this, we prove more reliable and trustworthy. We build the reputation of City Light, but most importantly, the reputation of Jesus, the God that we serve. A lot of work is already being done right here. And so as I challenge you and encourage you to, hey, go do the work of an evangelist, I want you to be blessed and encouraged today. I am, as one of your pastors, to know that right now in the midst of the pandemic, you are making the most of this time that we as City Light are doing the work. So be encouraged and let's keep doing this as much as we can. There's a lot of words in these three little words, do the work. There's a lot of thoughts that come to mind when you say do the work. So I wanna take a few minutes standing right here with you to unpack that. Do the work, let's think that through. Do the work involves commands to learn, to share, to find people, to structure the church, to train and to lead. Do the work. Serve and meet physical needs so you can open doors to the gospel. Do the work. Take down false arguments oppose the, that oppose the truth. No good doctrine, explain it well to others. Do the work. 
When an opportunity comes but it feels inconvenient, do the work. When an opportunity hasn't come to share the gospel, go find one, make it happen, do the work. Plan it, schedule it, administrate it, do the work. Think about those in your life right now or those in your life before who don't know the Lord. Take time to pray for them, text them, call them, communicate with them, share the gospel, do the work. Learn the worldview of your neighbors. How do they think? What is their background? What do they think about God? Communicate the gospel clearly to them in their context. Put in the work. Do the work. Wake up early on a weekend. Join others to go out and share the gospel. Do the work. Stay up late and go to places where people would never go to church and meet them there. Do the work. Encourage those that may be afraid and fearful. Do the work. Admonish those that may be proud and disobedient. Do the work. Go meet your neighbors. Find out what they like. Learn who they are. And this is the best time than ever. Everybody's outside, nobody's going to work. Do the work. Pray without ceasing. Plead with God to save souls. Do the work. Endure suffering, endure ridicule, endure awkward moments, endure looking foolish, risk your reputation. Do the work. Here's something for you to write down. I think it's a good challenge. If you want food on the table, what do you do? You do the work. And if you want souls to be saved, what do we do? We do the work. We put in time, energy, and effort, blood, sweat, and tears. If we want certain outcomes, City Light, we have to put in certain effort. There is a way to see the Lord work, and He's given us the way, and it's by sharing the good news of the gospel. We must do the work. I think so often we give up on evangelism. We give up on opportunities to share the gospel simply because we're surprised when it's as difficult as it is. I don't want you to be surprised. I want you to be ready. Paul's trying to get Timothy ready by telling him to do the work. Now, real quick, we have to remember, ultimately, it's God's work. Only God can save a soul. Only God can really change the world. Only God can make a real difference in somebody's life for eternity. But Romans 10 has told us, how can someone hear the good news if no one tells them? So we learn that God chooses to do His work through your work. I need you to write that down. You remember that. God chooses to do His work through your work. So what do we need to do? We need to get to work and let God do His work that only He can do. God often chooses to do His work through your work. So I wanna encourage you the same way Paul encouraged Timothy. I wanna challenge you in the same way Paul challenged Timothy. You know what's cool about this, this chapter and these two books that Paul wrote to Timothy, these two letters? It seems that Timothy was a lot like you and me. It seems that Timothy was afraid. It seems that Timothy didn't really know exactly what to do sometimes with this. It seems that he was afraid of certain consequences, just like you and me. And Paul would constantly encourage him, don't be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Go, share the gospel, do the work. So as we jump into this passage, I'm gonna point out five very simple things. I wanna show you them now and then we're gonna walk through them. The first is that God is always present. I want you to write these down. It's like a summary sentence, okay? A very long sentence. God is always present. You see that in verse one. So you and me should always be ready. You see that in verse two. Because people, always need to hear the gospel. See that in verses three and four, but you won't always have the opportunity to share it with them. You see that in verse six, and one day Jesus will return and you will always be with him. We see that in verse eight. So let's do the work. So let's jump into these together right now. So right now I am standing in front of Falls Church High School, a place where we started City Light, whoop, whoop, 
and also a primary partner for us in doing the work that we are doing now. We are connected to many families through this particular location. A lot of the families that are receiving deliveries now through our ministry come from connections with this high school. We also have several teachers, shout out to you, and many others who work in this school doing a variety of things. And we've had many, many mentors begin to serve and impact the lives of students here. This particular place is a representative of a great partner that we have in the community that's allowing us to serve the community well and do the work. Also, this place behind me represents the struggle of those in our community. It represents young people that are navigating life in a new country, trying to figure out what to do day by day. It represents a place with teen moms who are trying to figure out that transition into life without usually very much help. It represents a place where there's families that have been broken up and they miss each other and they're struggling to make it every day. This represents people also that have resources and that are prosperous in this life, but are ignoring God and not thinking about the life to come. This represents a place where gangs recruit new members. It represents a place of great victory for many and also terrible defeat for others. This is a place of great pressure to be this person, to be that person, to make this decision. Great pressure that many face to help put food on the table and help pay the rent. Great pressure to know what they're gonna do with their lives the next step. This is also a place where many lies are believed, just like any other school in any other place, about who they are and about what they should do with their lives and about how much they are worth. This is a place in need of the gospel of Jesus. This is a place in need of the hope and love of Jesus, the resurrection power of Jesus. And in that way, this is really a place just like any other place around here, a place where Jesus really is the true hope and solution. Also, this place behind me represents our partnerships in the community. It represents our other partnerships with places like Timberlane Elementary, places like Graham Road Elementary, places like the Department of Family Services of Fairfax County. The Lord continues to open doors through this pandemic to new relationships with new local organizations. God is using this season to open doors for ministry. And just like behind us is Falls Church High School, where much gospel work has been done in and through our connections with this place. So it is true with all the other people God is bringing to us. Because you are doing the work, because of your efforts to share the gospel and to provide and to give and to serve, the Lord is using City Light to reach many people, building trust to have many new people come in to our sphere of influence, and He's enabling us to continue to serve the community well. This right here is representative of our community. These are the people God has called us to reach. This is why I said it's not as important about when we get back in here, the building, the church, as it is in terms of who we should reach out there. The most important thing isn't getting back in here, the building. It's who we're going to reach out there, who we're going to reach really right here at this school, who we're going to reach in this community, in that community. So this is who God has called us to reach as a church. And then also God has called you to reach many as individuals, many in your family, in your friend circle, in your neighborhood. How has God called you to personally steward the gospel with our church in this community, but also in the relationships that you have as an individual. God has placed you in this time, in this moment. He has given us these relationships. He has given you your relationships for the sake of opening the door to bring not only help, but also hope in the name of Jesus. So as we think through our next step here, it's our last part of our sermon today. I wanna to go through these five things that we mentioned real quick 
with Falls Church High School as our background, reminding us that we need to listen to these things because these people here, just like we did, need the gospel of Jesus Christ. So number one, God is always present. Write that down. God is always present. Verse one says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. Man, what a way to start the message. I charge you in the presence of God, almighty God. You know you live your whole life before God. You make every decision before God. You say every word before God. He is always present. This is encouraging because it means he's always with you. You always have a helper. You're never alone. In the middle of that living room, you're not alone. When you send that text, you're not alone. When the opportunity comes to share the gospel, you're not alone. God is always present. This also means that he's always present, right? When we back down from an opportunity, he sees that, right? When we're ashamed of his name, he sees that as well. God is always present. We live our whole life before him. This was Paul's charge to Timothy and it's his charge to us as well. And we see here as well that Paul, uh, that God is present now to save, but he's present later to judge. God will judge the living and the dead. This is why it's so important for us to make the most of this opportunity and every opportunity because every single person that you know and see will one day stand before the living God and they will be judged. And there's only two options. They either pay for their sins themselves by being separated from God in a place called hell forever or Jesus stands with them and Jesus had already paid for their sins and they get to, by his grace and mercy, enter into heaven forever with God. Those are the only two options for every human being. Let me give you four short words you can share with everybody about the gospel. Jesus in my place. Jesus in my place. I deserve to die because of my sins, but Jesus stood in my place on the cross for me. And before that, he lived a perfect life for me in my place, one I can never live. Then he died on the cross for me in my place, a death that I deserve. Then he rose again from the dead for me so that I might be able to rise together with him as well. This is the very simple gospel message. You can share that with everyone that you know. God will judge, and this should motivate us to do the work, to share. The second thing is, so you should always be ready. Preach the word in season and out of season. I love another translation says, press it home on all occasions, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Let me give you something to write down. Letting inconvenience keep us from action is to be inconsiderate about their eternal destination. Letting inconvenience keep you from action is to make you inconsiderate about their eternal destination. A lot of the opportunities that we have to share the gospel will be unplanned. So God says, stay ready. Stay ready. Take the most of that opportunity. He also tells Timothy to preach the word. And before we say, oh, that's not my job. Yes, it is. This is not just a call for pastors. This is not a stand in the pulpit on Sunday morning type of charge here. This is a one-on-one, large group, small group, in the home, in the city, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a command for you and a command for me. It's a command to do with our strangers and a command to do with our friends. A command for us at work and at home. This is a command, preach the word. So do the work, preach the word, preach the gospel. The third is because people always need the gospel. Look at verses three and four. I'll summarize it by saying, man, people are going away from the truth and towards lies all the time. They're believing myths. So they're turning away from the truth which can give them life and they're believing the, the lies which destroy them. 
So every time you meet somebody, they're in that spot. If they don't know Jesus, they're actively turning away from the truth and the life. They're turning towards the lie and the destructive path. And it's you and I's job to do the very best we can to stand in the gap, to say, no, don't go that way. Don't go there. Listen to the truth. Let me share the good news with you. People always need to hear the gospel. There is never a bad time in someone's life for you to share the gospel with them. It's urgent every time you meet them. People always need to hear the gospel. And get this, you won't always have the opportunity. Verse six, Paul says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the fight and finished the race. I have kept the faith. You see, there was a finish line to his race and there's a finish line for all of us. There's a finish line for each one of us. The opportunity that you have to share the gospel is limited. It won't last forever. There's a great book that says, uh, it's called The One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. You know what it's about? Sharing the gospel. You can't do that in heaven. There's no need to. So now is your chance. Now is your opportunity. Proverbs 11.30 says, The one who wins souls is wise. What a great verse to live your life by. The one who wins souls is wise. You want to know how to make the best of your time? Win souls. Think about that every day. Join God in his call in your life to do that. You know, in a survey taken of people on their deathbeds, when asked what did they regret, the one thing that they all agreed upon, the overwhelming majority of them said things they didn't do. It wasn't things they did, it was things they didn't do, risks they didn't take, opportunities they didn't take. That's what they regretted. And I don't want that to be true for us, to say I look back and I regret not taking the opportunity to share the gospel with that person, to do this, to make that difference. So let's do it now. You won't always have opportunity. And one day Jesus will return and you'll always be with him. One day Jesus will return, you'll always be with him. Look at verse eight. He says, henceforth for me, there is laid up a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge will reward to me on that day, but also to everyone who loved his appearing, to everyone who loves Jesus, not just Paul. So he's saying, I do the work now because there's a crown coming at the end. Jesus is coming back. One day you will be with him. There will be a place one day where there's no ridicule, awkwardness, none of that anymore. No suffering, no sorrow. There'll be a place of perfect peace. So it's okay to struggle right now. One day you'll never be ridiculed again. So you can endure that right now. One day you'll never have to worry about your reputation again. So we can take a few hits right now. One day you'll never have to worry about suffering again. So we can do a little bit of that now. It's okay, do the work. You know, when I was watching this about Michael Bulls documentary, Michael Bulls, the Michael Jordan documentary about the Bulls, it's basically the Michael Bulls. The only thing the Bulls are good for is having Michael Jordan. But uh, when you watch this documentary, I know many of you are watching it uh, as well. It's been great, fantastic. Uh, and I watched it, and one thing that Michael said recently in a team huddle, he got them all together, and he put our hands in, he said, hard work at the beginning and champagne at the end. Let's get to work. So that's true for us as well. But the Bible would say it a different way. It would say hard work at the beginning and a crown at the end. So let's do the work. Let's get to work. Let me share with you a quick story as we close out. It's actually very recent. It just happened when we were recording at Mark's Pub. Two things happened within five and ten minutes. When I was preaching like this, one guy pulled his, his van aside, literally his work van, and he stopped and he listened to the message. And I walked over after I said, hey, what's up, man? And he was like, man, I actually go to church, but I haven't heard someone preach the gospel in person in eight weeks. And it was just so refreshing to hear that from you. And I want to encourage you that that's true for so many people. They're hungry. They're hungry for hope. They're hungry for the word. And it's not just me and pastors who have a responsibility to share that. It's all of us. So preach the word. People are hungry for it. They need it. Then also, like five minutes later, as I was finishing up, there were these six teenage boys sitting right on the subway, and they were staring at me the whole time I was doing this, probably because it looks funny. And I walked over when I was done. I said, hey, man, hey, guys, what's up? Like, did you hear anything I said? And they were like, yeah, we, we heard, but we, weren't, you know, we didn't really hear everything. 
And I was like, well, I'm a pastor. I was sharing about Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? And they said, uh, one guy stood up and he said, yeah, is that the guy who killed himself? And I was like, I mean, sort of, maybe. I, that's not really how I would say it. It's probably not the best way to say it, but you're on the right path. And the other kid was like, yeah, I've watched that movie about Jesus, The Passion. And that was pretty much it, six kids. That was pretty much the extent of their knowledge about what Jesus really is, who he really is and what he's done for us. And so then they were open. I said, well, can I share with you who he really is? So we began to walk through the gospel. They had a lot of questions, a lot of questions. They were actually very engaged and involved, you know, uh, which was really cool. But there was just one kid in a blue shirt sitting on a light, light uh, stand. The rest of them were sitting right there on the curb. He was unusually focused with me. He was like locked in. He looked very interested. And I asked at the end, I was like, man, this is true. Are any of you guys interested in, in making a decision like that to follow Jesus, to trust in what he's done for you? And the kid looked at me and he was like shaking his head like, yeah. And so uh, we were able to take it from there. And it's amazing to see everything that God did in that moment, a moment that could have been an inconvenience, turn into an opportunity to share the gospel and to hopefully one day have many of them come to know the Lord. And I want to encourage you that opportunities like that are all around you. And I'm just like you. I miss those opportunities all the time. Just the other day I was on the trail. I was wearing this God is Greater shirt and I was running and talking on the phone. And this guy walked up while he was walking, I was running. He was like, hey man, your shirt. Can I ask you about that? And you know, what an open door. But I was on the phone, I was running. I just, I don't know, maybe I was in the best of moods. I was like, I can't talk right now. And I kept going. And he, he was a little bit, he looked a little crazy to be honest, you know. But uh, he turned around and he yelled at me. He said, you have time, but you just didn't want to. And I tried to brush it off because I thought he was a little crazy. But it really stuck with me to say, no, that's true. That's true. You had time, Nate. You could get off the phone. It doesn't matter if you're talking to the president. Who cares? It's most important to share the gospel. So just like you, man, I miss opportunities. But I want you to be encouraged that God still loves you and he wants to use you. So don't worry about it. Move forward. Take time in these next few days to think about who might need the gospel around you. Don't worry about being inconvenienced. Take every opportunity God gives you. Hard work at the beginning, a crown at the end. So let's do the work. So let me encourage you to specifically share the link. Remember, these next two weeks, I'm preaching a message called Take Off Your Mask. It will be primarily for your friends and family and the people you know that don't know Jesus. Take time this week. Think about it. Pray about it. Think of five to ten people or more that you can share this link with. And obviously, share the gospel yourself. Text them. Call them. Do that. That would be great. But if hundreds of us shared this link, invited people to church, took this opportunity while people are still willing to go to church online at such a low bar to see if they would hear the gospel this way, I want to encourage you to do that. Let's make the most of this season together as City Light. I love you. Let me pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to serve you. We thank you for this season that you've given us to make a difference. We do pray that you would end COVID ASAP and that you would bring lots of healing and help to so many people, that you would use us to do that. But as long as it's happening now, God, would you use us as a church to make a difference? Give us the desire and the motivation to share the gospel. And I pray that as we do the work, you would do your work and see many people come to know Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.